Hello and welcome to the Strange Tales podcast presented by me your host Winston R. Douglas. This week we will take a look into largest, and most infamous motorcycle club in the world, the Hells Angels. The Hells Angels Motorcycle Club is a worldwide 1% motorcycle club, whose members typically ride Harley-Davidson motorcycles. In the United States and Canada, the Hells Angels are incorporated as the Hells Angels Motorcycle Corporation. Common nicknames for the club are the HA, Red and White, Hamp, and 81. With a membership of between 3,000 and 3,647 charters located in 59 countries, the HAMP is the largest motorcycle club in the world. Numerous police and international intelligence agencies, including the United States Department of Justice and Europol, consider the club to be an organized crime syndicate. Okay, let's get into today's strange tale. The Hells Angels originated on March 17, 1948, in Fontana, California, when several small motorcycle clubs agreed to merge. Otto Friedley, a World War II veteran, is credited with starting the club after breaking from the pissed-off bastards motorcycle club over a feud with a rival gang. According to the Hells Angels website, the club's name was first suggested by an associate of the founders named David Olson, who had served in the Hells Angels, Squadron of the Flying Tigers in China during World War II. It is at least clear that the name was inspired by the tradition from World Wars I and II whereby the Americans gave their squadrons fierce, death-defying titles. An example of this lies in one of the three P-40 squadrons of Flying Tigers fielded in Burma and China, which was dubbed Hell's Angels. In 1930, the Howard Hughes film Hell's Angels showcased extraordinary and dangerous feats of aviation, and it is believed that the World War II groups who used that name based it on the film. According to the Hells Angels website, they are aware that there is an apostrophe missing in Hells, but state that, it is you who miss it. We don't. Some of the early history of the Hamp is not clear, and accounts differ. According to Ralph Sonny Barger, founder of the Oakland Charter, early charters of the club were founded in San Francisco, Gardena, Fontana, Oakland and elsewhere, with the members usually being unaware that there were other clubs. One of the lesser-known clubs existed in North Chino-slash-South Pomona, in the late 1960s. Other sources claim that the Hells Angels in San Francisco were organized in 1953 by Rocky Graves, a Hells Angel member from San Bernardino, Badoo, implying that the Frisco Hells Angels were very much aware of their forebears. The Frisco Hells Angels were reorganized in 1955 with 13 charter members, Frank Sadelec serving as president, and using the smaller, original logo. The Oakland Charter, at the time headed by Barger, used a larger version of the Death's Head patch nicknamed the Barger Larger, which was first used in 1959. It later became the club standard. The first chapter to open outside California was established in Auckland, New Zealand, in 1961. 
The Hell's Angels are often depicted in semi-mythical romantic fashion like the 19th century James Younger gang, free-spirited, iconic, bound by brotherhood and loyalty. At other times, such as in the 1966 Roger Corman film. The Wild Angels, they are depicted as violent and nihilistic, little more than a violent criminal gang and a scourge on society. The club became prominent within, and established its notoriety as part of the 1960s counterculture movement in San Francisco's Haight-Ashbury district, playing a part at many of the movement's seminal events. Members were directly connected to many of the counterculture's primary leaders, such as Ken Kesey and the Merry Pranksters, Allen Ginsberg, Jerry Garcia and the Grateful Dead, Timothy Leary, The Beatles, The Rolling Stones, Mick Farron, and Tom Wolfe. Writing a book about the club launched the career of gonzo journalist Hunter S. Thompson. From 1968-69 the Hells Angels of San Francisco headquarters was at 715 Ashbury. The Hells Angels official website attributes the official death's head insignia design to Frank Sadelec, past president of the San Francisco Charter. The colors and shape of the early style jacket emblem, prior to 1953, were copied from the insignias of the 85th Fighter Squadron, and the 552nd Medium Bomber Squadron. The Hells Angels utilize a system of patches similar to military medals. Although the specific meaning of each patch is not publicly known, the patches identify specific or significant actions or beliefs of each biker. The official colors of the Hells Angels are red lettering displayed on a white background, hence the club's nickname the Red and White. These patches are worn on leather or denim jackets and vests. Red and white are also used to display the number 81 on many patches, as in Support 81, Route 81. The 8 and 1 stand for the respective positions in the alphabet of H and A. These are used by friends and supporters of the club in deference to club rules, which purport to restrict the wearing of Hell's Angels imagery to club members. The diamond-shaped 1%er patch is also used, displaying 1% in red on a white background with a red mirrored border. The term 1%er is said to be a response to the American Motorcyclist Association comment on the Hollister incident, to the effect that 99% of motorcyclists were law-abiding citizens, and the last 1% were outlaws. Most members wear a rectangular patch, again, white background with red letters and a red marrowed border, identifying their respective charter locations. Another similarly designed patch reads Hell's Angels. When applicable, members of the club wear a patch denoting their position or rank within the organization. The patch is rectangular and, similar to the patches described above, displays a white background with red letters and a red marrowed border. Some examples of the titles used are President, Vice President, Secretary, Treasurer, and Sergeant at Arms. This patch is usually worn above the club location patch. Some members also wear a patch with the initials AFA, which stands for Angels Forever, Forever Angels, referring to their lifelong membership in the biker club, i.e., once a member, always a member. 
The Book Gangs, written by Tony Thompson, a crime correspondent for The Observer, states that Stephen Cunningham, a member of the Angels, sported a new patch after he recovered from attempting to set a bomb, consisting of two Nazi-style SS lightning bolts below the words filthy few. Some law enforcement officials claim that the patch is only awarded to those who have committed or are prepared to commit murder on behalf of the club. According to a report from the R. V. Bonner and Lindsay case in 2005, another patch, similar to the filthy few patch is the Dequialo patch. This patch signifies that the wearer has fought law enforcement on arrest. There is no common convention as to where the patches are located on the member's jacket or vest. According to the Globe and Mail the Hells Angels considered seeking an injunction to block the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation from broadcasting the miniseries The Last Chapter, because of how closely the biker gang at the center of the series resembled the Hells Angels. In March 2007 the Hells Angels filed suit against the Walt Disney Motion Pictures group alleging that the film entitled Wild Hogs used both the name and distinctive logo of the Hells Angels Motorcycle Corporation without permission. The suit was eventually voluntarily dismissed, after the Angels received assurances from Disney that the references would not appear in the film. On October 7, 2009, Fritz Clapp, attorney at law for the Hells Angels Motorcycle Corporation, contacted online games community FOCO, demanding the removal of all membership marks and club trademarks from the Los Santos Roleplay Forum. While the members of the community were skeptical at first, Fritz Clapp posted a tweet confirming his identity. In October 2010 the Hells Angels filed a lawsuit against Alexander McQueen for misusing its trademark winged death head symbol in several items from its autumn-slash-winter 2010 collection. The lawsuit is also aimed at Saks Fifth Avenue and Zappos, com, which stock the jacquard box dress and knuckle duster ring that bear the symbol, which has been used since at least 1948, and is protected by the US Patent and Trademark Office. A handbag and scarf was also named in lawsuit. The lawyer representing Hell's Angels claimed. This isn't just about money, it's about membership. If you've got one of these rings on, a member might get really upset that you're an imposter. Sachs refused to comment, Zappos had no immediate comment and the company's parent company, PPR, could not be reached for comment. The company settled the case with the Hells Angels after agreeing to remove all of the merchandise featuring the logo from sale on their website, stores and concessions and recalling any of the goods that have already been sold and destroying them. In fall 2012 in the United States District Court for the Eastern District of California, Hells Angels sued Toys R Us for trademark infringement, unfair competition, and dilution in relation to the sale of yo-yos manufactured by Yomega Corporation, a co-defendant, which allegedly bear the Death Head logo. In its complaint, Hells Angels asserted that the mark used on the yo-yos is likely to confuse the public into mistakenly believing that the toys originate with Hells Angels, and Yomega filed counterclaims against Hells Angels, for cancellation of the Death Head registrations on grounds of alleged fraud in the procurement of the registrations. The case settled and the lawsuit was dismissed with prejudice.
In order to become a Hells Angels prospect, candidates must have a valid driver's license, a motorcycle over 750cc, and have the right combination of personal qualities. It is said the club excludes child molesters and individuals who have applied to become police or prison officers. After a lengthy, phased process, a prospective member is first deemed to be a hangaround, indicating that the individual is invited to some club events or to meet club members at known gathering places. If the hangaround is interested, he may be asked to become an associate, a status that usually lasts a year or two. At the end of that stage, he is reclassified as prospect, participating in some club activities, but not having voting privileges while he is evaluated for suitability as a full member. The last phase, and highest membership status, is full membership or full patch. The term full patch refers to the complete four-piece insignia, including the Death Head logo, two rockers, top rocker, Hells Angels, bottom rocker, state or territory claimed, and the rectangular MC patch below the wing of the Death's Head. Prospects are allowed to wear only a bottom rocker with the state, slash province or territory name along with the rectangular MC patch. To become a full member, the prospect must be voted on unanimously by the rest of the full club members. Prior to votes being cast, a prospect usually travels to every charter in the sponsoring charter's geographic jurisdiction, state slash province slash territory, and introduces himself to every full patch member. This process allows each voting member to become familiar with the subject and to ask any questions of concern prior to the vote. Some form of formal induction follows, wherein the prospect affirms his loyalty to the club and its members. The final logo patch, Top Hell's Angels Rocker, is then awarded at this initiation ceremony. The step of attaining full membership, can be referred to as being patched. Even after a member is patched in, the patches themselves remain the property of HAMP rather than the member. On leaving the Hells Angels, or being ejected, they must be returned to the club. The majority of members of outlaw motorcycle clubs have no serious criminal record, and express their outlaw status on a social level, and equating the word outlaw with disregard for the law of groups like the American Motorcyclist Association, not the laws of government. There are also non-outlaw motorcycle clubs, such as women's motorcycle clubs, who adopt similar insignia, colors, organizational structure and trappings, such as leather outfits typical of outlaw clubs, and, in the case of men, beards, making it difficult for outsiders, especially police, to tell the difference between the two. It has been said that these other groups are attracted by the mystique of the outlaw image while objecting to the suggestion that they are outlaws. Outlaw clubs are often prominent at charity events, such as toy runs. Charitable giving is frequently cited as evidence that these clubs do not deserve their negative media image. Outlaw clubs have been accused of using charity rides to mask their criminal nature. The American Motorcyclist Association has frequently complained of the bad publicity for motorcycling in general caused by outlaw clubs, and they have said that the presence of outlaw clubs at charity events has actually harmed the needy by driving down public participation and reducing donations.
Events such as a 2005 shootout between rival outlaw clubs in the midst of a charity toy drive in California have raised fears about the participation of outlaw biker clubs in charity events. Authorities have attempted to ban outlaw clubs from charity events, or to restrict the wearing of colors at events in order to avert the sort of inter-club violence that has happened at previous charity runs. In 2002, the Warlocks MC of Pennsylvania sued over their exclusion from a charity event. The primary visual identification of a member of an outlaw motorcycle club is the vest adorned with a large club-specific patch or patches, predominantly located in the middle of the back. The patches will contain a club logo, the name of the club, and the letters MC, and a possible state, province, or other chapter identification. This garment and the patches themselves are referred to as the colors or cut, a term taken from the early practice of cutting the collars and or sleeves from a denim or leather jacket. Many non-outlaw motorcycle riding clubs such as the Harley Owners Group also wear patches on the back of their vests, without including the letters MC. Hangarounds and or support clubs wear support patches with the club's colors. A member must closely guard their colors, for allowing one's colors to fall into the hands of an outsider is an act of disgrace and may result in loss of membership in a club, or some other punishment. The colors worn by members of some motorcycle clubs will sometimes follow a convention of using either a one-piece patch for non-conformist social clubs, two-piece patch for clubs paying dues, a three-piece patch for outlaw clubs or side patches. The three-piece patch consists of the club logo and the top and bottom patches, usually crescent-shaped, which are referred to as rockers. The number and arrangement of patches is somewhat indicative of the nature of the club. Though many motorcycle clubs wear the three-piece patch arrangement, this is not necessarily an indication that a club is an outlaw motorcycle club. Law enforcement agencies have confiscated colors and other club paraphernalia of these types of clubs when they raid a clubhouse or the home of a MC member, and they often display these items at press conferences. These items are then used at trial to support prosecution assertions that MC members perform criminal acts on behalf of their club. Courts have found that the probative value of such items is far outweighed by their unfairly prejudicial effects on the defense. The club is not officially a racially segregated organization. In the United States, at least one charter allegedly requires that a candidate be a white male, and Sonny Barger stated in a BBC interview in 2000 that The club, as a whole, is not racist but we probably have enough racist members that no black guy is going to get in it. At that time the club had no black members. Outside the United States, Non-white membership is relatively common and some chapters, such as in Turkey and South America, are almost exclusively non-white. Notable is Gregory Woolley, a high-ranking member of the Rockers MC in Montreal who was the protégé and bodyguard of Hell's Angel boss Morris Boucher, who spent five years in a notoriously white supremacist motorcycle gang, the SS. Woolley became an associate of the Hells Angels Montreal Charter in the 1990s and later tried uniting street gangs in Quebec after Boucher was imprisoned. 
In another interview with leader Sonny Barger in 2000 he remarked if you're a motorcycle rider and you're white, you want to join the Hells Angels. If you black, you want to join the Dragons. That's how it is whether anyone likes it or not. We don't have no blacks and they don't have no whites. When asked if that could change Barger replied anything can change, I can't predict the future. Toby Livingston who formed the Black Motorcycle Club East Bay Dragons MC wrote in his book that he and Sonny Barger have a long-lasting friendship and that the Hells Angels and Dragons have a mutual friendship and hang out and ride together. In a 1966 article about motorcycle rebels in the African-American community magazine Ebony, the chosen few MC stated that they see no racial animosity in the Hells Angels and that when they come into chosen few territory they all get together and just party. A Hells Angel member interviewed for the magazine insisted there was no racial prejudice in any of their clubs and stated we don't have any Negro members but maintained there have not been any blacks who have sought membership. At one point in the 1970s the Hells Angels were looking to consolidate the different motorcycle clubs and offered every member of the Chosen Few MC a Hells Angel badge, but the Chosen Few turned down the offer. The HAMP acknowledges more than 400 charters spread over 59 countries. The Hells Angels Motorcycle Club founded a charter in Auckland, New Zealand, in 1961, and has since taken over gangs in Wanganui. New Zealand had the first charter of the Hells Angels outside the United States. Europe did not become widely home to the Hells Angels until 1969 when two London charters were formed. The Beatles's George Harrison invited some members of the HAMP San Francisco to stay at Apple Records in London in 1968. According to Chris O'Dell, only two members showed up at Apple Records, Frisco Pete and Bill Sweet William French. Two people from London visited California, prospected, and ultimately joined. Two charters were issued on July 30, 1969. One for South London the reimagined charter renewing the already existing 1950 South London charter, and the other for East London. But by 1973 the two charters came together as one, called London. The London Angels provided security at a number of UK underground festivals including Fun City in 1970 organised by Mick Farron. They awarded Farron an approval patch in 1970 for use on his first solo album Mona, which also featured Steve Peregrine Took. In the 1980s and 1990s, there was a major expansion of the club into Canada. The Quebec Biker War was a violent turf war that began in 1994 and continued until late 2002 in Montreal. The war began as the Hells Angels in Quebec began to make a push to establish a monopoly on street-level drug sales in the province. A number of drug dealers and crime families resisted and established groups, such as the Alliance to Fight the Angels. The war resulted in the bombings of many establishments and murders on both sides. It has claimed more than 150 lives and led to the incarceration of over 100 bikers. 
numerous police and international intelligence agencies classify the Hells Angels Motorcycle Club as a motorcycle gang, and contend that members carry out widespread violent crimes, including drug dealing, trafficking in stolen goods, gun running, and extortion, and are involved in prostitution. Members of the organization have continuously asserted that they are only a group of motorcycle enthusiasts who have joined to ride motorcycles together, to organize social events such as group road trips, fundraisers, parties, and motorcycle rallies, and that any crimes are the responsibility of the individuals who carried them out and not the club as a whole. Members of the club have been accused of crimes and or convicted in many host nations. Some member clubs engage in criminal activities and organized crime. Despite their connection with motorcycles and the one percenter subculture, law enforcement agencies perceive such individuals and motorcycle clubs as being unique among criminal groups because they maintain websites and businesses, identify themselves through patches and tattoos, write and obey constitutions and bylaws, trademark their club names and logos, and even hold publicity campaigns aimed at improving their public image. The U.S. Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI, and Criminal Intelligence Service Canada have designated four MCs as outlaw motorcycle gangs, the Hells Angels, the Pagans, the Outlaws, and the Bandidos, known as the Big Four. These four have a large enough national impact to be prosecuted under the U.S. federal racketeer-influenced, and corrupt organizations, RICO, statute. The California Attorney General also lists the Mongols and the Vagush Motorcycle Club as outlaw motorcycle gangs. The FBI asserts that outlaw motorcycle gangs support themselves primarily through drug dealing, trafficking in stolen goods, and extortion, and that they fight over territory and the illegal drug trade and collect $1 billion in illegal income annually. In 1985 a three-year, 11-state FBI operation named Rough Rider culminated in the largest bust in history, with the confiscation of $2 million worth of illegal drugs, as well as an illegal arsenal of weapons, ranging from Uzi submachine guns to anti-tank weapons. In October 2008, the FBI announced the end of a six-month undercover operation by agents into the narcotics trafficking by the Mongols Motorcycle Club. The bust went down with 160 search warrants and 110 arrest warrants. Canada, especially, has in the late 20th century experienced a significant upsurge in crime involving outlaw motorcycle clubs, most notably in what has been dubbed the Quebec Biker War, which has involved more than 150 murders, 84 bombings, and 130 cases of arson. The increased violence in Canada has been attributed to turf wars over the illegal drug trafficking business, specifically relating to access to the Port of Montreal, but also as the Hells Angels have sought to obtain control of the street-level trade from other rival or independent gangs in various regions of Canada. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police Gazette, quoting from the Provincial Court of Manitoba, defines these groups as, any group of motorcycle enthusiasts who have voluntarily made a commitment to band together and abide by their organization's rigorous rules enforced by violence, who engage in activities that bring them and their club into serious conflict with society and the law. 
Members and supporters of these clubs insist that illegal activities are isolated occurrences and that they, as a whole, are not criminal organizations. They often compare themselves to police departments, wherein the occasional bad cop does not make a police department a criminal organization and the Hells Angels sponsors charitable events for Toys for Tots in an attempt to legitimize themselves with public opinion. Certain large 1% MCs have rivalries between each other and will fight over territory and other issues. Sometimes smaller clubs are forced into or willingly accept supportive roles for a larger 1% club and are sometimes required to wear a support patch on their vests that shows their affiliation with the dominant regional club. Smaller clubs are often allowed to form with the permission of the dominant regional club. Clubs that resist have been forcibly disbanded by being told to hand over their colors on threat of aggression. In Australia, and the United States, many MCs have established statewide MC coalitions. These coalitions are composed of MCs who have chapters in the state, and the occasional interested third-party organization, and hold periodic meetings on neutral ground where representatives from each club meet in closed session to resolve disputes between clubs and discuss issues of common interest. Local coalitions or confederations of clubs have eliminated some of the inter-club rivalry, and together they have acted to hire legal and PR representation. Outlaw motorcyclists and their clubs have been frequently portrayed and parodied in movies and the media generally, giving rise to an outlaw biker film genre. It generally exists as a negative stereotype in the public's subconscious and yet has inspired fashion trends for both males and, as biker babes, for females. The appearance has even been exploited by the fashion industry bringing it into legal conflict with some clubs and simultaneously encouraging a cultural specific fetishistic look that conveys sex, danger, rebelliousness, masculinity, and working class values. The biker style has influenced the look of other subcultures such as punk, heavy metal, leather subculture and cybergoth fashion, and, initially an American subculture, has had an international influence. Bikers, their clothing, and motorcycles have become cultural icons of mythic status, their portrayal generally exaggerating a criminal or deviant association exploited by the media for their own often financial interests. Thank you all so much for listening. I really hope that you enjoyed today's strange tale. If you did please smash that gorgeous like button, and subscribe so that you will be notified to future shows. Also if you could write a 5 star review that would really help us get the word out, so other people can enjoy the podcast as well. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Strange Tales Pod. Or you can message me at strangetalespod at gmail.com, with feedback or ideas on future shows. If you would like to support the podcast you can do so through Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash strangetalespod. Where we have plans from as little as 3 US dollars a month and you can opt out any time. Any help is much appreciated. This is me your host Winston R. Douglas signing out for now. Thanks again hope to see you again soon.